stories of innovation and success from the vibrant communities of rural Nova Scotia. This is Ignited. Hi, I'm Wade Cleveland. And I'm Amanda Langley. Welcome to Ignited and our special Female Founders podcast series and... I happen to be one. What a, what a coincidence. I know. Amanda, thanks for joining me on this series. You work with Ignite as our marketing guru. I do the social media for Ignite, yes. And with your husband, Adam, you own and operate Super Yacht East Coast. Yes, we're a marine tourism uh, marketing and development agency. We work on marine tourism for the province. So you were pretty excited about being able to do this co-hosting. I am. I think that there's a lot of amazing stories to tell for all entrepreneurs. Uh, And when you came to me about the opportunity to speak about female founders, why wouldn't I be excited? There's so many great female founder stories. And we certainly have one today with Cheryl McLean, owner and operator of the Marmalade Motel. Cheryl is a veteran marketing executive with over 25 years of experience in international sales and marketing. In 2020, Cheryl and her husband did what many did when COVID hit, left their corporate careers in Ontario to pursue something else. In their case, they purchased, renovated, and opened a small eight-room seaside motel in Port Dufferin on the eastern shore of Nova Scotia. Then in October 2022, the team purchased a small local cafe and reopened it under the Marmalade brand. Marmalade Motel has all the elements for a great story of entrepreneurship and rural community. Let's start with your story because I find it fascinating because coming from rural Nova Scotia, uh, we have a tendency to think down sometimes about ourselves. And so I really want to know your pre-Nova Scotia life and what brought you here. Yeah, so I spent 24 years as an executive marketing leader um, from businesses in that are all global um, that all dealt with direct consumer marketing. Um, And so I started off in sales in my early 20s. I took a job in an IT company um, and sold computers from a a Yellow Pages book. Um, So I really cut my teeth in sales. And then over the first five or six years of my career, I moved into product marketing. And then from product marketing straight into marketing. And um, And that was in Ontario, right? That was all in Ontario, in Toronto. Um, I'm actually from a really small town uh, in Ontario, just outside of Kingston, with uh, a population of 12 so I'm not out of the loop when it comes to small communities. You didn't move from Toronto to Port No, uh, yeah, exactly. So um, I spent uh, my career, though, in the big city. So, yeah, it, uh, and I, I loved what I did. I was, I was pretty um, good at what I was doing. Um, I climbed the, you know, the quote-unquote corporate ladder pretty quickly um, and was quite successful, but always felt that something was missing. Always felt that there was no real pursuit of any kind of big goals or dreams Um, I was just constantly trying to prove myself in corporate situations and um, get to the next job or get to the next um, role or the next goal or whatever it was that I was pursuing. Um, And so when the pandemic happened, it really gave my husband and I an opportunity to think about, okay, well, what's the next sort of chapter of our life going to look like? I think it did that for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, I think so. Really. I mean, it forced us to sit back. It really forced us to kind of look at our lives and, and what was important at the time, right? So uh, that's what we did. We went through that process and um, 
At the time, I was working for a company that I really did not enjoy working for in a very sort of misogynistic environment. Um, and it just all kind of came to a head. And I said, that's it. Enough's enough. Let's do something else. And we had been on a vacation prior. We'd found this beautiful little property in Nova Scotia. And uh, when the decision was made, we, we sold our house. And I said, well, now what? And we said, well, I wonder if that little property is still available. And So well, neither one of you have ties to the no, province? No, nothing. We had been here once together um, probably about 30 years ago as a vacation for a weekend. Wow. Um, and that was it. That was our only experience in tie to, to the area. That's a leap of faith right yeah. there. Yeah, Entrepreneurship's a leap of faith. Yeah. <laughs> Moving and picking up and just going to somewhere yeah. new. Yeah. So we, we shocked the heck out of our friends and family. I'm sure. Um, and uh, our kids, we really, we, we shocked them. Uh, and we picked them up. We put them in the car. We drove all the way out here. And uh, yeah, sight unseen. We bought this little motel. And, and we spent probably about three weeks just sort of brainstorming what we wanted it to be and what life was going to look like. And it reminds me of the show that's on that I that I binge watched Motel Makeover. Yep, <laughs> it's funny. So that show, that mo- not the motel that they show in there, but the first motel that they opened, yes. which is in Picton, um, is about forty five minutes from where Neil and I grew up. So we used to go to that town. There's a beautiful beach there. We we you know had to go for ice cream, go for drives, um, and there was nothing in that town. It was just a sort they of they created a, a destination. They absolutely did. Yeah, and they've done a beautiful job. And so um, did you know you were going to have, it was going to be a motel, this property? We knew that when we were coming here, we were going to make a motel, yeah. And was it a motel previously? It was, yeah. It had been closed for about four years prior to us um, buying it. But it uh, it was a motel. And right before it had closed, it was a motel for workers in the area. So there's a mine, um, Dufferin Mines, which is right around the area where we are. And it was leased out directly to them for their workers. And uh, so it had been a long time since it had been operating as a true tourist motel. What an awesome story. It really is. And terrifying, may yes. I add. And it almost sounds like you were talking about uh, Motel Makeover. I was thinking about the, the plot to the second Newhart situation comedy where you just kind of <laughs> show up. Were you ready for what you were going to see? Did you run into prod- uh, problems that you weren't expecting? Yeah. No, I don't think you could ever be ready for buying something like that big um, sight unseen. I don't think. But um, so the, the, our first experience, we so we were under quarantine when we came here. We couldn't meet anyone. We couldn't go anywhere. So we we walked to this property for the first time on the day we got the keys, and um, the it was an estate sale, so the entire place was covered with the former owner's belongings still, and that was very overwhelming um, to see someone else's life in the space that you were now taking over. Um, the motel itself, structurally, we knew was sound. It was dated. It needed some updating. Um, but I think I cried straight for 48 hours because it was such a big culture shock for us. And not being able to get out and meet people was really challenging. Um, but I think over the the first, you know, four to six weeks when we could get out and meet people, we really sort of settled in. Um, and uh, But it was a big culture shock. So you sure. finally had a moment that, okay, well, we weren't crazy. This, yeah. is, this is actually going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, we did. And, and that was probably about two months 
tenants in. Once we actually started tackling the renovations, um, people started dropping by from the community. They would just pull up, knock on our door, which is not an Ontario thing, by the way. That's no. a very strange thing for us. Yeah. Um, so, And they would want to just meet us and know what we were doing and what our plans were. And, and that was something you don't get in Ontario. Um, you don't get that sense of community, right? You don't meet your neighbors that in that intense kind of environment. Um, so that was really different for us and, and welcoming. We felt very welcomed. Yeah. That's amazing. How about the tourism in your area in particular? Because obviously, I mean, if you're putting together a motel, uh, were you aware of the tourism industry? How is the tourism industry there? Yeah. So my background is not tourism. My husband has cut his teeth in the tourism industry, but in a five-star city property. So very different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm still learning a lot about um, tourism and hospitality. So the tourism on the Eastern Shore, I, I, it's funny, I was giving a talk and I said this, um, you know, my background is data and marketing and, and digging into insights and drawing out consumer behaviors. And um, I didn't do any of that when we moved here. So you'd think I'd have this great success plan, but I don't. It's like um, the chefs that come home and don't cook for right, themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So the tourism on the Eastern Shore is quite, um, is probably the least touristic area of Nova Scotia. It's got the least destinations. It's got the least amount of accommodations available. I always call um, the Eastern Shore the wild side of Nova yeah, Scotia. Yeah, it's the rural sort of unbridled beauty Beautiful, of Nova Scotia. Though, yeah. 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 So there's not a, a ton to do, which I have found quite challenging. Um, and so we've really sort of geared in on the marketing of the natural beauty of the area and things to do outdoors and ways to sort of reconnect with nature. Um, that's kind of been our branding and our messaging right now. I'm dying to know where the, the name Marmalade Motel came from. Yeah, so Marmalade, so you know this as a marketer, we go through a branding exercise where you write down uh, words, alliterations, um, things that make you feel a certain way. And so we went through that exercise and we had all these words and we wanted to really exude a comfort, home, summery, warm feeling with the brand. Um, and we had all these words that we had brainstormed and come up with. And Marmalade was one of those words that I don't even know where it came from, but we wrote it down and every time we would go back to this list it would go to the top of the list and it just felt good um, it felt like home it felt natural it felt um, very warm and comforting I from a marketing perspective always look at things like that as this huge opportunity to play that brand mm -hmm. out so I picture everybody leaving with a little yeah. pot of marmalade jam with a little tag that said thank you for like yeah you think of how it's gonna play out in touch points yes exactly I, I love the name I think it's fun yeah and that's where we really wanted to go. So we partner with, there's a wonderful lady who has a marmalade company on the Eastern Shore um, from Hardy Wares. And uh, we partner with them and they make these beautiful, delicious, homemade uh, marmalades. And we try to give them out to people. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. How long did it take from the time that you showed up and felt overwhelmed <laughs> uh, to the time you actually were ready to open? So we spent, so we got here in September of 2020. 2020 <laughs> and we opened April 2021 and we spent 10 months of that renovating the property and we're still going under renovations of like we, we're, we're constantly trying to improve and add and change things as we go so. well it's a living breathing yeah. it's never going to be a turnkey thing and done exactly 
It's yeah. beautiful, though. Thank it's you. It's, like, modern, but it still has, like, authentic, you know, East Coast touches. Yeah. So when we originally, you know, I spent 17 hours driving out, right? And so in the car, I was thinking about all these different brands and the way that I wanted it to feel and create. And I am an urban person at heart. And so I had this idea of all black and white and really cool and really modern, really sleek. And then we got there and we looked at the property and I went, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to fly here. So we really toned it down and thought, well, eight rooms, it's small. Let's do something unique in every room. Let's really capture the outdoors and bring that in. And so the first thing when you walk into any of our rooms, you've got this beautiful balcony. So the idea is you walk in and the, all you see is the beautiful view out the other window. Um, and that's really where we kind of drew inspiration from was Outside. to create something fun and chic, but still really accessible to, to people from the East Coast. You know, for, for somebody to come and stay at your hotel, there has to be a reason for them to come and stay at your hotel, which is why I, I love the fact that you're a marketer and that you went right to, well, what we have is natural. Right. So let's kind of market that as part of what that experience might be. Yeah. So it's kind of almost backwards in that a lot of people look for a motel because they're going to experience something. You almost have to become the destination right. and create an itinerary or or create enough of a destination in the motel. Yeah, and that's really what we're trying to do. So our strategy is to create a resort-style motel, somewhere that you can come, and if you never wanted to leave the property for two or three days, Everything you, would need you could still stay there and have a great you know, time. But also, if you want to explore the air, if you want to go to the local beach, if you want to go taste craft beer, there's things for you to do up and down the eastern shore. Um, and that's really, banding together with other local businesses has been instrumental in our growth. So let's touch on that just for a second, because it's always something that we at Ignite kind of love to push. And that's the fact that entrepreneurs, if they want to go to that next stage or any stage when it comes right down to it, there's partnerships and networking that's required. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about that. I, I know you, you mentioned before about the fact that you, you weren't used to people coming and knocking on your door and saying, hi, I'm, I'm Wade. What are you doing here? <laughs> So we, um, my background, I've done a lot of partnership marketing in my background, and I think that probably served us well because we decided, you know, that's how we were going to enter this market. We were going to create these partnerships and these opportunities. And I actually probably naively thought that the other businesses already had it all figured out. And so I would just piggyback along with them. But the reality was they, because there was no real accommodation business in the area, they, it was really hard for them to attract tourism um, because there was no place for people to stay. So we, um, partnering with the local boat company that could do boat tours, the local restaurant, um, the local craft beer place, allowed us to create these packages and these offerings for tours um, for, for people to come and stay with us. And there was added value for them. So we, um, we, we went in and we created all these packages with these partners and we marketed them. Um, and it was super successful. It's really, I think we have to contribute a lot of our success that first year to those relationships. And so I'm always fascinated because I'm also a husband and wife team. Yeah who own a company. So how does that sort of split down the middle? What are the roles that you've taken on? Or is it just 
you know, all hands on deck. Was it for an everything. instinctive thing? Yeah, was I it? Think, an I think it thing? is an instinctive thing. So my husband's background is in hospitality and he and guest services specifically. So when it comes to remembering someone's name or what they liked when they were there or finding those little tidbits to make their stay even more exceptional, that's his wheelhouse. Um, mine comes from more from a marketing background. So I think we naturally kind of fell into our roles. He's also super handy. He's he undersells himself all the time but he is um, he's a, a whiz with a tool and a hammer and you know he can make anything look beautiful so we naturally fell into those roles I think now as the business becomes more established we have settled into more of uh, me doing the management of the business and the growth strategies for the business and him really taking on more of the operations um, and that's where we seem to naturally be going but there's there are times when um, like you probably have experienced you know you, you take take your work home and you're sitting at the dining room table, you're lying in bed and you're constantly talking about the next thing or what the project is and things can get a little heated. <laughs> you know when you're a new parent and you go out on a date finally and all you talk about is, is the kids? Baby? Yeah. Entrepreneurship is your baby. Yes. So I totally get that. Every once in a while I'm like, okay, we need a new topic. <laughs> yeah. Go watch a movie and come back to me. <laughs> the movie will also bring you back to the business. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you about our Igniting Women in Business series at Ignite, providing rural women entrepreneurs an opportunity to connect, learn, and build their network through a series of initiatives, including a speaker series, gala, and retreat. We hope to inspire and empower rural women in business across the province. The theme is relearning through a women's lens. The sessions offer a space for women to discuss challenges that are faced by rural women in entrepreneurship with opportunities to learn, network, and socialize. For more information on Igniting Women in Business and to sign up for our events newsletter, visit igniteatlantic.com. At what point did the cafe come? So the cafe, we were approached in the summer of 2022, mm -hmm. and uh, we officially purchased it in October 2022. Where is it in relation to your business? Yeah, so Sheet Harbor is about 15 minutes away from Port Dufferin. So okay. it's in the town, the only sort of real town that's around us. So there's a bit of separation sure. there. It's not yeah, like... They can't necessarily walk. Yeah, exactly. No. When you were talking about the fact that you almost want to create a, a resort kind of situation where you could just mm -hmm. be there, your other business is, is a 15-minute drive away. Yeah. So we never really wanted a cafe. It was never part of our plan. It was never part of my, you know, back-of-the-napkin strategy. Uh -huh. um, and when we were approached, the lady who had owned it um, was suffering from health issues, and she wanted to see her cafe succeed. Um, we are committed to the community, and if that closed, we would never have had a cafe. Like, there would never be a place in Sheet Harbor for us to have a cafe. So we said, well, let's do it. And and in the interim, while we're creating our own food and beverage, it gives guests an opportunity to at least have something to go to, and we could put our stamp on it. So that's why we decided to take it on. And then in December of 2022, we shut down for about a week and we renovated it, turned it into something that was more akin to the motel. And um, But now we've got plans, and the plan was always to create some kind of food and beverage opportunity on site for the motel guests. So it's coming. 
Exciting. We might have to do another one of these. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to hear that story, too, once it happens. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the separation then. Um, how hard is it to to run two properties mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily right on top of each other? Yeah, it's challenging. It is. Um, right now, thankfully, we opened the cafe or took over the cafe in the middle of um, our off-season for the motel, which I think was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to learn from the staff. So we, when we acquired the business, the staff stayed on, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're lovely. They're absolutely brilliant people, um, super capable, which uh, which made our lives a lot easier. And so I depend a lot on them to run sort of the day-to-day operations. But I threw myself into learning the business. Again, I don't have a restaurant background. Um, to learning that and, and you know, being there a couple days a week so that I could meet the locals, um, it's actually turned into my favorite place to be. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm, I love meeting people. I love um, hearing the feedback one, you know, one-on-one. And, and in real time. And in real time, yeah. Like if someone doesn't like your scone, they're going to tell you right then and there, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting people in a really relaxed, yeah. usually, yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's challenging. It's challenging to keep your eye on, on all of it. And so, one of the things that we've been blessed with is, like I said, we have a cafe manager who is instrumental in running that business. And we recently hired an um, motel and marketing manager for the motel property, and she has been fantastic. And so, I think that will give us enough space to continue to do all the things that we need to do and, and grow the business where we want it to. Okay. You've been doing a lot of talking. You did the Women in Business Mm -hmm. presentation that we did at Ignite. You're just coming from another presentation. Tell us a little bit about that, having that opportunity to kind of share those stories. Yeah, I love it. So in my previous life, I did a lot of speaking engagements, mostly with young young people um, and graduates from schools and stuff like Mm -hmm. that going into marketing. Um, So I haven't done it since before the pandemic. So it's really nice to get back into that and talk to people. Doing it in this environment, under this context has been, um, I don't know, it's just been so heartwarming and it's been so wonderful to be able to share our story and what we've accomplished and hopefully inspire some people along the way. Um, that Because I, I just, I keep thinking about young women, especially that are sitting there thinking, oh, you know, I really wish I could get out from this job or I wish I could change my life or, you know, to know that that's possible and show them that, yeah, even at, you know, 46 years old, you can actually strike out on your own and create something special. I always think it's so important and one of the most important things we can do as women is cheer each other on. Absolutely. And so when we have things like the Igniting Women in Business and your talk here, I mean, that that must be so rewarding to know that not only are you sharing entrepreneurship story in itself is impressive and interesting, but being a woman and then your whole picking up and moving completely (laughs) out of what you knew into a brand new region. Yeah. There's just so many layers to that that are so interesting. Someone said to me um, last night, oh, you've lived so many different lives. And I think, do have I really? It just feels like it's one continuous. Different chapters. Yeah, different different seasons. Same book. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, And to me, we only build each other up by helping each other Absolutely. out. It's the only way that it kind of works. And what you've done, not just with your business, but with the entire community and kind of creating more of a tourism destination, that's huge. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, three years ago, we were working in international companies 
in a city environment surrounded by millions of people, um, and we didn't have that connection to community. I mean, we lived in a suburb, and yeah, we knew our neighbors, but we didn't have that same type of like relationship with them. And here I find everybody that we've met since moving here have wanted to support us somehow, whether it's words of encouragement or it's um, stopping by to help out with something. They just all really want to see each other succeed, um, and that has probably been the most rewarding part of making that change because it makes it feel less scary. You're building something together. Yeah, knowing there's people there for you. What's been the most challenging thing? That's kind of the most rewarding thing is the community aspect of it. The most challenging has probably been, hmm, there's so many. It's, I mean, it's a hard one, I know. Yeah, I, I would say the most challenging, probably financial, to be honest, yeah, because, um, you know, you depend on a on a paycheck. You get used to it. You get yeah. used to it, you get comfortable with it, and um, now it's not just managing your own personal finances, but a company's finances, mm-hmm. and that is scary, and it's a seasonal business, and so, you know, you take for granted that, oh, the summer's great, and there's money in the bank, and then you come to make that last. January, and you're like, holy crap, how are we going to pay our bills? <laughs> so... That's probably been the the most, that's what keeps me up at night. That's what I panic about sometimes, but. Um, I, I would say that you're probably, yeah. in, that's in common yeah. with most entrepreneurs. I think so. That is one of the more scary yeah. aspects of yeah. it. If you were giving advice to an entrepreneur, what would you tell them? Oh, I have so many advice, but I, I would say the single biggest piece is um, don't let your fear stop you. Really pursue it. Um, you don't have to know all the answers, and you don't have to control the outcome. I think that's um, natural tendency is that you know you stop doing things because you're afraid that the outcome is going to be negative. And I think that most people, if they could let go of some of that fear, would actually follow their dreams and follow that entrepreneurial path. But I would say just you know trust yourself, trust your ing- instincts, trust your skills and your ability and your experiences, and um, and see where it goes. Are you rural for good now? Uh, or do you do you miss the city? I'm just really curious about that. Yeah. I miss the conveniences of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to just kind of step out your door and, and access whatever you need. But I don't think we'll ever go back to living in a city. I don't miss Ontario. Um, I don't miss the commute or the hassle of a, of a, a corporate job. Um, we love where we live. I get to wake up every morning and see the ocean and watch the sunset over a bay. Uh, I would never be able to turn that away at this point. I think at this point in my life too is I was craving something that would kind of, you know, I say this to people all the time, building this this place and um, meeting the people and living so close to the water has really soothed my soul. It really makes me calmer. It makes me more confident. Um, it takes away all of that, um, all those knots in your shoulders you get from working in a corporate environment. It really does. Cheryl, thank you so much for this. And thank you for being in Nova Scotia and doing what you do. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. To find out more about the Marmalade Motel, visit their website, themarmalademotel.com. And for the cafe, check out marmaladecafe.ca. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram. To find out more about rural innovation and what Ignite does, check out igniteatlantic.com. Did you like this episode? Well, we'd love it if you subscribed to Ignited, shared us with your friends, and gave us a good review. And we'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions about this podcast or this series or who you'd like to hear on it are most welcome. Our website is igniteatlantic.com. My email is wade, W-A-D-E, at igniteatlantic.com. 
Amanda, thank you so much for being here. It has been an absolute blast. We've had so much fun, Wade. Thank you so much for asking me. We'll talk soon.